Thank you, Lord, that indeed you are good to us and your goodness will never end. Thank you, Lord, that we can look forward to spending eternity with a God that is good, with a God that is love, with a God that is perfection towards us. Thank you, Lord, we receive the perfection of your love, the perfection of your goodness, the perfection of your holiness in this temple, in our bodies, and we see the likeness of Christ in us, in this temple, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Isn't it good that we can come to God no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been? Any mistakes that you've made in your life, that you've made in this week, it counts for nothing when it comes to God. The only thing that counts for God is Jesus Christ and the work that Jesus has done on our behalf. Today we're going to be talking about the God of the breakthrough. And uh, in 2 Samuel 5 verse 19, it says, And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and God smote them there, and said, The Lord has has broken forth upon my enemies before me as a breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. And there they left their images, and David and his men burned them. Baal Perazim means the God of the breach or the God of the breakthrough. Now, before I came to know the true gospel and the truth of what Jesus did for me, I was forever waiting for God to break through in my life. Because in our lives there are forever circumstances that need to change. And what we do is we take the circumstance that needs to change and we want to tie that up with the breakthrough that God needs to bring in my life saying that this circumstance needs to change. If this circumstance changes, then God has broken through for me. But when Jesus died on the cross, Jesus was buried and when Jesus rose from the grave, the breakthrough came to all of men. Because what that means for me is that no matter if this circumstance changes or not, in the midst of this circumstance, I have peace, I have hope, I have joy, I have victory. And the breakthrough for the believer is that no matter if this circumstance changes or not, I am victorious. Because what we want to do is we want to say, Normally we would say, if this circumstance changes, then I am victorious. Then I want to couple my victory or my breakthrough to a changing circumstance. And that is living a lower form of life. Because in Jesus, I have the breakthrough no matter what happens in my life. That is what we need to see. I was forever waiting for my circumstances to change. And I mean, I was unhappy, I was depressed that my circumstances didn't change. But the moment I started believing the truth about God and the truth about myself, I obtained victory and peace in the midst of circumstances that didn't change. I can testify of that. And that is the breakthrough that Jesus brings to all of us because of the completed, finished work that He did upon the cross of Calvary. So today we're going to be talking about that. We read in Isaiah 58 verse 6, Is not this the fast that I choose, to lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, 
to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. This is saying what Jesus did upon the cross. What Isaiah 58 is saying what the breakthrough is for all of man. It is saying, is not this the fast that I choose to lose the bonds of wickedness? Man was bound with wickedness, which was trying to work to gain acceptance. How often in our lives do we go through periods and times where we feel that we're not good enough, that we're not accepted? Because we're measuring our lives based on what we do and what we have, and that is the bond of wickedness. And Jesus came on this earth and he destroyed the law and that bond of wickedness that bound us that made us feel that we're not good enough for God not good enough to receive the love and the goodness of God that was taken away from us to undo the straps of the yoke the yoke that was pressing down on man trying to live up to the requirements of the law to please God to let the oppressed go free Jesus went into the prison where men was and he threw open those doors and he set the captives free and he brought the breakthrough to all of man. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Jesus is the living bread. If we eat from him, we will never be hungry again. But if I want to eat from my own efforts to please God, my own efforts to be holy, my own efforts to be righteous, I will forever be hungry, but Jesus is the living bread. If I eat from him, I will never be hungry. And to bring the homeless poor into your house. What did God do? All of us were homeless. We were without a home, trying to build a home based on what we could do for God. And we were homeless, living on the streets. No one wanted to take us in. And Jesus came through the work of Jesus. God the Father takes us into his house. And someone who has been homeless without a home is adopted as sons, as children, as daughters of the living God. That is what Jesus did. When you see the naked to cover him, we were all naked. We were never righteous. We did not have the same quality of life as God. But now we receive the righteousness of Jesus. And people who were naked are now covered with the righteousness of God. And not to hide yourself from your own flesh. We are, the, we are God's kind. We are in the likeness of God. And what did Jesus do? Jesus came and he walked amongst men. And he revealed God to his own kind. He revealed God to his own flesh. God did not hide himself from man. God is not far looking at us from far above. No, Jesus revealed himself to his own flesh. Jesus revealed God to us. When we see Jesus, we see who God is. We see who God the Father is. God did not hide himself from his own flesh. Amen. Amos 9. I saw that Hebrew character 853 is a a sign of Jesus in the Old Testament. I'm not going to explain it now, but wherever, if you read the uh, King James of the Strong's Numbers, wherever you see that character, it's speaking prophetically of Jesus. So this is saying, I saw Jesus, who is the Lord, standing upon the altar, and he said, Smite the lintel of the door that the posts may shake, and cut them in the head, all of them, and I will slay the last of them with the sword. He that flees of them shall not flee away, and he that escapes of them shall not be delivered. Though they dig into hell, thence shall mine hand take them. Though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. So here we have Jesus, who is the Lord, standing upon the altar. 
Why is Jesus, who is the Lord, standing upon the altar? Because he is the sacrifice that was burned upon that altar. It's very interesting if you read Exodus 20, verse 25. God says, if you build me an altar, you will not build it with hewn stone. Because if you put your tool to that stone and build an altar, you have defiled that altar. Why is that? Because the work that we do and the sacrifice that we want to bring can never please God. The moment if I want to put my work onto the altar of God, that altar is defiled. If I take the work of Jesus and I want to add my work to be blessed, if I want to tithe to be blessed, if I want to fast to get a breakthrough, I'm defiling the work that Jesus has done. Because I cannot bring my work to the completed, finished work of Jesus Christ. In faith I receive His work, the work that He has done, because He is the sacrifice upon the altar. He is standing upon that altar. That altar is His, the sacrifice that was brought upon that altar forever was meant to be the sacrifice that God Himself would bring on behalf of men to set all men free. That is why Jesus, who is the Lord, is standing upon the altar. And in the following verses of Amos, if you read it, it is talking about the total destruction of the law system. Because Israel at that stage was stuck in idolatry. And Amos was prophesying to Israel, saying that the whole kingdom will be destroyed. Because that whole kingdom was standing for idolatry, for idol worship, which is man trying to please God by what he does. And Amos was prophesying and said that 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 whole system, that whole kingdom will be destroyed. And these verses of Amos says exactly that. It is talking about the total destruction of the law system, of everything that made you feel guilty, that made you feel condemned, that made you feel you're not good enough for God, that made you continually see your own faults, your own shortcomings. That whole system has been utterly destroyed by Jesus upon the altar. So the law, trying to please God by what I do, that way has been totally destroyed. It is gone forever. If I want to please God by what I do, if I want to obtain blessing by what I do, if I want to obtain righteousness, the same quality of life as what God has by what I do, by my labors, it will never work. Because Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. I cannot please God by what I do. It is impossible. Because through the work of Jesus, that way has been destroyed. It's been wiped off the face of this earth. What gives power to something that has been destroyed is people again believing in it. That is why Revelation talks about the beast that was slain, but that beast is raised back to life. That beast which is the law system was slain and destroyed and killed. But if people believe in it again, that thing that is dead is raised from the dead and people bow down before it. That is what the revelation means when he talks about the beast that was slain, but is raised back to life. So as a way to God through the law system, it's impossible. It's impossible. Jesus is the only way. I reap the benefits of what Jesus has done. I reap the blessing of what Jesus has done. I reap the righteousness of Christ, which is mine. And when God sees me, he sees the perfection of Jesus Christ. Now look at this. So after all these verses in Amos that talks about the total destruction of the law system, it says, Amos 9 verse 11, In that day will I raise up Jesus 
who is the tabernacle of David that is fallen, and close up the breaches thereof, and I will raise up his ruins, and I will build it as in the days of old. Now what people do, they make a ministry out of the restoration of the tabernacle of David. Saying that that is talking about the ministry of praise and worship and intercession. The tabernacle of David that is raised up is talking about the body of Jesus. First of all, prophetically speaking about Jesus who is upon the altar and through the destruction of his body, the law system is destroyed. And then on the third day, that tabernacle, the body of Jesus is raised up. David means beloved. So it is saying, God saying, I will raise up the body of the beloved who is his son. And we are accepted in the beloved. As the body of the beloved was raised from the grave, we have all become accepted to, acceptable to God through the beloved who is Jesus Christ. So breakthrough, for breakthrough to happen, the first thing that had to happen was destruction had to take place. Total destruction of the law system. And after the destruction of the law system, there was a birth. Jesus was raised up from that grave as a new man. Jesus was born again as a new man. He, uh, he got a glorified body. A new man was raised, a man free from the law system which had been destroyed. And today, as I believe in the completed work of Jesus Christ, what happens, what is birthed in my body is the likeness of Christ. So a birth, in the same way that Jesus was birthed from that grave as a new man, as I believe in his work, a birth through the working of the Holy Spirit takes place in my body. And Christ is birthed in my body. And I obtain the breakthrough, and I obtain the righteousness of God, and I obtain life everlasting through the birth of Jesus that the Holy Spirit works in my body. And that is the breakthrough. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. So, these days there are many teachings that want to tell people how they must be right with God. What they need to do to change. What they need to, gain, to do to gain the victory. To gain the breakthrough. And people are given all sorts of tasks to do to be right with God. But what needs to happen for people to obtain the breakthrough is for Jesus to be born in this tabernacle, to be birthed in this body through faith in his work by the working of the Holy Spirit Jesus is birthed within this body and I obtain the breakthrough and I'm set free from all these things I need to do to please God, all these things that I need to do to get a breakthrough I mean, I was praying and fasting for a breakthrough, for my circumstances to change. And it never did. And I just got unhappier and unhappier. But the moment that through the right faith, through receiving the right gospel, when Jesus was birthed in my body, everything changed in my life. Even though the circumstances stayed the same, everything changed. Amen. Destruction, Isaiah 66 verse 3. He who slaughters an ox is like one who kills a man. He who sacrifices a lamb like one who breaks a dog's neck. He who presents a grain offering like one who offers pig's blood. He who makes a memorial offering of frankincense 
like one who blesses an idol. These have chosen their own ways, and their soul delights in their abominations. Do you see what this is saying? If I want to make an offering to God, to gain something from God, it is as good as if I offer pig's blood. It's an unholy thing before God. He who slaughters an ox is like one who kills a man. If I want to bring anything to the altar of God, through what I do, it is as if I have killed a man. If I preach to people what they need to do to be right with God, it is a cursed thing in the sight of God. This is the very thing that Jesus destroyed, that Jesus died for. To remove this off the backs of people. But yet, as the last verse says, these have chosen their own ways and they sold the lights in their abominations. Still today we have people who delight in trying to please God by what they do. People delighting in preaching to people what they need to do to be blessed by God. It's an abomination. It's an idol. And that thing had to be destroyed. And then birth. Again, Isaiah 66. Verse 7. Before she travailed, she brought forth. Before a pain came, she was delivered of a man-child. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth Jesus, who is her children. Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, says the Lord? Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb, says the Lord? So Jesus travailed on our behalf. Jesus died on our behalf. Jesus was raised. And in the raising of Jesus, Jesus is seen as all the children of God. This is what it says. For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth Jesus, who is her children. So as Jesus was raised from that grave, from that moment forward, as people believe in Jesus, God sees Jesus when he sees you. Because Jesus is birthed in your body, in your tabernacle, in the temple of your body. Jesus Christ, God himself, lives in your body. And every day as you live and move, you have fellowship with the God of the universe in this body that you have. And because you are in continual fellowship with the God of the universe, because He is birthed in your body, you have victory, you have hope, you have peace. Because forever in your life you are not alone. God is joined with you, and the two has become one. You are not alone in whatever you need to face. God is with you. God is inside of you. So I'm not crying out to God, God, if you can hear me, if you can see me. I'm not crying out to someone who is outside of me. No, I speak to someone who is inside of me. And he hears me and he sees me and he talks to me and he fellowships with me. No matter what I need to go through in life, God is with me. Amen. Isaiah 28. But I also have erred through wine and through strong drink are out of the way. The priest and the prophet have erred through strong drink. They are swallowed up of wine. They are out of the way through strong drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. 
for all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. Whom shall we teach knowledge, and whom shall we make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. When the Old Testament <clears throat> speaks of wine or strong drink, it is people intoxicated by their own labors to please God. And what he is saying is that the priests and the prophets are intoxicated through their own labors, their own works that puffs them up, fills people with pride. That is what the Pharisees, the Pharisees were filled with pride. So when a carpenter's son came to them and preached to them the truth of who God is, they rejected him because they were standing in the pride of their own works to please God. And when I stand in that, I err in vision and I err in judgment. People who are standing in their own works to please God can never proclaim the true word of God. They can never see the true face of God because pride has entered into their bodies. The law has got a natural effect of pride. And that is why people who are in a law system who want to please God by what, by what they do are forever in conflict with themselves. Because the natural effect of the law is pride. But then they know that scripture says you need to be humble and you should not have pride. So now they feel pride swelling up within them. But now they want to suppress that pride because they know scripture says they should not be proud. That is why someone who is in the law system can never be at peace because he's continually in conflict with himself. Continually. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness. This is how God sees my sacrifices that I want to bring. It's as good as if I vomit on this table. That is what he sees. Because my best deeds are as filthy rags. It's Jesus, the work of Jesus is the only holy, clean thing in the sight of God. Whom shall we teach knowledge and whom shall we make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. If I preach on a radio station that people who die of AIDS is because God is killing them because they're defiling the marriage bed. It's like someone who's not even weaned from the breasts. It is preaching at, uh, uh, an abomination. That is a child talking on a radio. No matter how many people listen to him, it's an abomination. There's no understanding of who Jesus is, who God is. There's no understanding of the loveliness of God. Isaiah 28 verse 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest, wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. But, of the, but the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Verse 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. When Jesus came and he spoke to the people, to his own people, the Jews, they did not understand what he was saying. Because he was speaking with a tongue that they did not understand. Because how is it possible that, God, that this can be the Son of God? How is it possible that God can be happy with me and love me free from what I do? How is it possible that God would care more about a sinner and heal him than the wrong that he has done? And why, why would God not want to punish him for the wrong that he has done but rather heal him? It was impossible for them to understand that. They could not understand it. 
And Jesus proclaimed to them the rest, wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing yet they would not hear. And even today the message is being proclaimed that the Sabbath day, the rest that we enter into is the rest of the work, completed work of Jesus Christ. As we enter into that, there's nothing more that I need to do to please God. And I rest from all labors that I need to do to be righteous. And we enter into that rest, and that is the rest that Jesus proclaimed. And that is the breakthrough by abiding in the peace, the rest of the work of Jesus Christ. But to people who do not want to hear this, the word of God is like rule upon rule. God, command upon command, like a measuring line upon a measuring line. People always measuring each other, saying this is where you come short. This is what you've done wrong. You need to do this command. You need to do this rule. Come, if you need a breakthrough, we'll get ten people together and we'll fast and pray. We'll come to you and we'll lay hands on you, whatever. I'm not saying if people come to you and pray for you and lay hands on you, it's wrong. But that is not how we get the breakthrough. The breakthrough is through the work of Jesus Christ. So people making rules for other people to meet to get the breakthrough. Because if they read the Word of God, the only thing they see is rule upon rule, measuring line upon measuring line. And if they see that, what will happen? People will fall backwards, they will be broken and snared and taken. That's exactly what happened to me. I fell into a pit of depression. I fell into a place where I could not even no longer believe that God loved me, that He wanted to bless me. I fell into that pit. Isaiah 28, 16, Therefore, says the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believes shall not make haste. That means he that believes will have peace. As I believe in the cornerstone, the work of Jesus, I will have peace. Judgment also will I lay to the line and righteousness to to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place. So he says, judgment I will lay to that line, that measuring line that you measure yourself with, that you measure other people with. I will lay judgment to it and righteousness to it and remove it. God judged the law and he removed it. And your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then you shall be trodden down by it. The overflowing scourge was poured out upon the body of Jesus Christ. As it was poured out upon the body of Jesus Christ, the covenant that man had with death, because man could never attain to all the requirements of the law, so man had a covenant with death. The moment that man entered into a covenant with law, it was 100% certain that man would die. Because it was impossible for man to meet all the requirements of the law. And through the work of Jesus, that covenant was broken and disannulled. Isaiah 28, 21. For the Lord shall rise up as in Mount Perazim. He shall be wroth as in the valley of Gibeon. That he may do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act. His strange act. Because who could believe that God would destroy the law system and raise man up as a new creature through a man who would die on a cross. Who could believe that? That is a strange act. You cannot imagine that God would do this thing, that God would pour out His Spirit in the bodies of people and birth Himself in their bodies. It's a strange thing. 
who can believe it. But he did that in the day of breakthrough, in the day of the valley of Perazim, Perazim the breakthrough. I was 9-11 again in that day will I raise up Jesus, who is the tabernacle of David that is fallen, and close up the breaches thereof, and I will raise up his ruins, and I will build it as in the days of old. So as Jesus is born in your body, everything that had destroyed your life before is taken away. Everything that made you feel condemned, that made you feel judged, that made you feel good, not good enough, is repaired and taken away. And that thing will never again be able to stand before you because Jesus is birthed in your body. You have been repaired, you have been restored through the work of Jesus Christ. Amos 9.13 Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that a plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes him that sows seed, and the mountain shall drop sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt. And I will bring again, that means to reverse, through the work of Jesus, the captivity of my people of Israel. And they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink Jesus, who is the wine. And they shall also make gardens and eat Jesus, who is the fruit. And I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, says the Lord your God. This is the promise of God to you. That you have the breakthrough no matter what happens in your life. That the wine that you drink every day is the wine of the fellowship with Jesus Christ. That the fruit that is in your life is the fruit of Jesus Christ. As I drink that wine, as I eat that fruit, I'm refreshed every day. And what can stand against me? What can make me feel that I'm not good enough? Amen. That first verse, it says, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that a plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes him that sows seed. So, the harvest that was on the fields was so plentiful that they were still harvesting, when they started sowing again. Because that field was so plentiful with fruit, they had to take a whole season to harvest the fruit that is on the fields. What is the first thing that this is speaking about? Is the fruit of the Spirit that is in my body. The fruit of peace, of hope, of love, of joy, of patience in the midst of circumstances. That God makes a promise that He will care for me, that He will take care of me no matter what. No matter what happens in this world, in this life, God will take care of me. Plentiful fruit. Amen. John 16:33. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world, even though there's tribulation in the world. Because He has overcome, and as I believe in Him, He's birthed within me, I am an overcomer. No matter what tribulation the world throws at me, I am an overcomer. Because Jesus is an overcomer, and He's birthed in me. Amen. And the last verse, 1 John 5 verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. As we have faith in the work of Jesus, I'm born of God and I overcome the world. 
no matter what happens in this life, no matter what recession is happening, no matter if they take away my house, if they take away everything I have, I am an overcomer because God lives in me. He's born in me as I believe in the work of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So as you sit there, know that Jesus is born in your body. In the tabernacle, in the temple of your body, Jesus is born as you believe in Him. And you've been set free. You are an overcomer. You have the breakthrough no matter what happens. No matter what tribulation comes your way, in the midst of all tribulation, you rise up with wings as an eagle, soaring high above anything that the world brings your way. No matter what happens, you are an overcomer as you rest, rest in the work of Jesus. So just see yourself resting. All the pressure is off you. The yoke is broken off your back. Jesus died to set you free. You rest in the completed work of Jesus. And you fellowship with God who is born in your body through faith in the work of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, we speak peace to your people. Hope, joy, life everlasting. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.